There's Lemieux. The center penalty coming up. Look at Lemieux. doing today it's monday it's time for talking hockey the hockey talking show here on umfm 101.5 in winnipeg and uh, streaming downloaded wherever you happen to be uh co-host tom here with you and i am as always joined by my good buddy co-host randy and uh yeah we're ready to talk some hockey today randy looks like he's just at the end of his roll of sock tape uh what's he gonna do now randy Holy, that, uh are you that, often out of sock tape are you that guy no that's a funny story though because i just ran out last night at uh filling in for garage league there uh, on fletcher's team so uh Maybe maybe Fletch can work into some sock tape into his uh, under his salary cap, uh, <laughs> you know, yeah, as a payment for playing. But uh, yeah, otherwise, yeah. I'll probably just head to Canadian Tire and grab one of those rolls and start yeah. six of them at once and <laughs> on various go. stages. There you go. Yeah, I I I say that. Uh, are you the guy without sock tape? I have been the guy without sock tape for two weeks now. So. <laughs> oh yeah, I feel bad for doing that. So. Yeah, I know, I know. Every time I get to the rink, and I'm like, shit, I was gonna buy sock tape, forgot. Uh, pardon my French. So yeah, here we are, uh, season five, episode four. Uh, Randy, this is actually our 97th episode ever that we've recorded. So we're closing in on the big one hundred. Um, but episode four, we're gonna call it. The Le Cavalier, as in Vincent Le Cavalier, uh, star player of the Tampa Bay Lightning through the 90s and into the thousands, uh, the early thousands, if you will, the early aughts. Um, yeah, Vinny, typically a defenseman number, uh, number four, but Vinny, he wore number four, probably an honor. I mean, we don't know this. Uh, I, think, probably- I think I think it's on, you know, a, a fair assessment here to say a, a bit of a Jean Beliveau nod, right? Yeah. Yeah. And you pointed out just before we started recording an interesting little tie between Beliveau and Le Cavier, not just the number. Yeah, actually. So I always forget about this movie on my top hockey movies list, but in the movie, the rocket, um, Vinny plays Jean Beliveau mm-hmm. number four. Pretty cool. Also Vincent Le Cavier won the rocket Richard trophy in 2007 as the uh, leading goal scorer. So, you know, lots of rocket talk there. He scored 52 that year that he won the rocket Richard. Um, pretty good. Vincent, like have he scored 50 a couple times. Um, I think, Oh no, no, my bad. Just hit 50 once. Um, but he scored 40 scored 30, a bunch. Um, he played, he played 17, 18 years in the NHL. 17 years, according to this. 1,212 games. 1-2-1-2. One, two, one, two. And uh, 
totaled 949 points in his career. Um, 1,037 of his games were with Tampa. You know, perhaps you forgot this because I did. Uh, he also played for Philadelphia and he played for L.A. Yeah, for um, a little cup of coffee there at the end. Yeah, the very end of his career, 42 games in L.A. He started the year with Philly, was traded. Um, and uh, actually, he actually had 10 goals in 42 games uh, with L.A. at the age of 35. And then he hung up the skates, called it a day. Um, he's, now, he wanna... he, he's now involved with the Montreal Canadiens. Mar- yeah. Martin St. Louis brought him in, uh, I think this yeah. year in some, some sort of role, I guess we'll get the interns on it for, uh, you know, for it's future like reference. player development or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Old buddies, Vinny and Marty Stanley uh, Cup uh, champions together too. That's right. Yeah. Um, you know, you think of that Tampa team in 2004 that won the cup and those two were like kind of the, the faces of that team. Interestingly, neither of them won the con Smythe that year, though. That was Brad Richards. He, That's right he, from PEI, right? Con. Yeah, but um, yeah, no. Vincent LeCavier had a pretty long story career, and and that and let's just reflect on that 2004 Stanley Cup for a second. Do you remember? Like, we're like, did you watch that pretty closely? That's for yeah. whatever reason. That's like a Stanley Cup final that, in my mind, really. Like I really remember that one. Well, was, that one, that one, and the Edmonton one, Edmonton, Carolina. Those the two back-to-back kind almost of almost feels there. like they were like last year, almost. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but Vincent LeCavalier and Jerome McGinley had a very spirited scrap About, in the in yeah. the finals in that one, and that was a bit of a maybe a turning point for Tampa. I don't know, um, but they were down, I think, three-two in the series, and then they came back, won Game Six and Seven, I believe if I'm not remembering wrongly, but uh, listeners, if I am remembering long wrongly, you know, give us a call. Let me know. Um, Randy well, coming up. Oh, oh sorry. sorry. Yeah. Before you get there. Um, I just, the one interesting thing about Vinny is like, he had like a, I th- I'm trying to find it on cap friendly right now, but I do believe he's still getting paid because no I, I think they bought him out. And then like, I don't know how how this all works, but like he had signed one of those like hundred year contracts yeah, or whatever. But then like you you end up getting like a million bucks a year still after yeah. the fact or whatever. I can't find exactly what the numbers are. It, it says on Tampa Bay's um, cap friendly page okay. that he's the buyout history of Vinny LeCavalier is listed, but it just says zero dollars. But yeah. I think I think that's zero dollars, but um that go towards the cap, but he still gets paid. Um, like he still gets a check from the Tampa Bay lightning, I believe. But anyways, uh, 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 uh t- like let's let the viewers or listeners know here about uh, our upcoming guests. Yeah. So coming up in the show, uh, in just a little bit here, we've got, uh, members of the dirty catfish brass band. They're a, a Winnipeg band who, uh, have certainly made a name for themselves selves over the uh, years here in winnipeg they play quite regularly all around town you know they'll play the park theater they'll play um what's that place called uh, times changed you know they're they like have parades through various neighborhoods uh, you know you'll see them oh down at the cube at the old uh, market square like all over the place you'll see them playing um and they're they're always a good time and uh, so, and, and they're, if you didn't know, they're big hockey guys, all pretty much the whole band is like 
they're all big hockey guys. And so, yeah, we've got Andrew and Todd from the band on the show today and we get, uh, we get into it talking some hockey with them. So we're looking forward to that. And, uh, yeah, so stay tuned. That'll be coming up in just a little bit, but before we get to that, we kind of want to talk about our local team, the Winnipeg Jets, uh, big game. So you're listening here Monday, October 24th, uh, on the 22nd of October, Saturday, um, the, the Jets hosted the Toronto Maple Leafs always sort of a, you know, that was a hockey night in Canada game. The, the main draw on hockey night in Canada, it's always a big deal when the Leafs come to town, it seems like, um, let, let, let you, me put, let me put you on the hot seat here. I, I like, I yeah. want to hear about your experience. So yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get into, we'll get into game experience, but also our takes on the jets. But first and foremost, uh, going into this game, you know, haven't been a lot of, uh, games attended in, in, uh, in the past year, the past couple of years because of COVID and all that stuff. Like what was, how, you know, you're back in the building. It was a full house. Was it yeah. a good time or what? It was, it was the best time I've had at the rink since before the pandemic for sure. Um, you know, it is just, I went, I went to maybe like one or two games over the last two, three years, whatever it is. And it was very quiet and subdued. And part of that had to do with the jets being pretty boring to watch, but just like, you know, the, just the vibe of society. Right. And things have kind of, you know, I mean, turned the corner a bit. So it, it was a good time at the rink. People were in good spirits. Now, when the Leafs come to town, all the, you know, everybody's pulling the old Leafs jersey out of the closet. So half the half the rink shows up wearing Leafs jerseys. And I don't think they're flying in from Toronto here. Like, I think these are just, you know, like dad, yeah. who's like a Leafs fan, gets his son's, you know, they all, everybody's got the Austin Matthews jersey. They're all, uh, <laughs> you know, incredibly loud and boisterous uh, <laughs> they they the Leafs travel well there's no doubt about that you know and and I have been to games at the I'll call it the um Air Canada Center I know it's Scotiabank place but I've been to games there when it was Air Canada Center and the lower bowl and I've sat in the lower bowl the lower bowl is in, almost entirely corporate it's guys in suits at the time on their blackberries you know they don't yeah. care about the game they're there networking um like my brother, my cousin, and I, we were at a game. We were chirping Steve Valaket, netminder for the um, <laughs> New York Rangers. And we were sitting at the blue line, like in the lower bowl. And I mean, I think he heard us because like, you know, <laughs> everyone else was typing on their phones. Yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. we were pretty much shushed by a guy like in our, and it was like, buddy, like we're, we're, I'm not even a Leafs fan. I'm cheering for the Leafs here. I'm trying to help your team out. Uh, but anyway, so anyway, the Leafs, Leafs fans, they, they show up, you know, in other places and they showed up last night. It was loud. It was fun. You had your dueling go Leafs, go, go Jets, go chance, yeah. all that kind of stuff. And then of course the Leafs won four to one. So you're just, you're hearing it, right? Like they're all like thinking they're the Kings of the world here, yeah. but, uh, so you know. from, what, from what I understand, you had your clipboard there and you were taking some very precise oh. notes of the, of the Jets play and, you know, their mm-hmm. performance and how they're looking after five games. So, you know, you know, you were in the building the, give me a rundown of what you thought of our uh, Winnipeg Jets performance and what did you like and what didn't you like? For sure. Um, so 
you know what? Aside from the second period where the game got away from them and they kind of fell, in my opinion, they fell into the Leafs. The Leafs set the bait. The Jets fell into the trap. They took penalties, bad penalties. You can complain about their Fs all you want, but the fact of the matter is, at the end of the day, the Jets were in the box and gave the Leafs power plays. The Leafs scored two power play goals, and that's that's the ball game right there, essentially. And I will say, um, you know, the penalty kill looked okay. Uh, but you know, the, the power, you can't give the Leafs the power play all the time and expect to come out on top. Now, the other thing that, um, like aside, so aside from that second period where things got heated, there were all those penalties and scrums and whatever. Uh, I thought the jets played a pretty good five on five game in the first and the second period or sorry, third period. They, um, uh, the Leafs goalie Samsonov, he was good. He was he was like very good. I thought you know the Jets had some chances, uh, and you know who the Jets really miss? Nikolai Ehlers. Yeah. Um, without well, him, he Appleton, he's so noticeable yeah. when he's got the puck and everything, and they yeah. just they really missed him for sure. App- Appleton playing on the first line isn't quite uh, you know the fix, but hopefully Nikki is back soon. Yeah, I think I heard that he's hoping to be back uh this week like the 27th uh they play la i think is what uh so i think that maybe hopefully he's back anyway because they need him he's so fast he's good with the puck he gets those zone entries they the jets did have a couple power plays they didn't look early they didn't look great on it they were having a hard time gaining the zone and i i remember like saying to my uh, friend i was sitting beside at the game well to andrew who we have <laughs> coming up on the show in a second Perfect I, said, I don't know if the leaves penalty kill is this good or if the jets are just having yeah yeah a heck of a time getting into the zone but, well let's let's talk more jets after this interview because there's a, one more thing i want to ask you for sure okay so let's let's throw it to the interview but before we get to the interview here's a dirty catfish uh brass band song this one's called creek's beak and uh, yeah, we'll catch you on the other side of this with the boys from the band.
right, so we're here joined by uh, Todd and Andrew of the Dirty Catfish Brass Band. Uh, thanks for coming on the show, guys. Uh, great to have you. Thanks for having us. Let's just kind of get into the basics here. Uh, why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about uh, your own hockey playing background? When did you start as a kid? You Are you still playing these days? Uh, you know, like that kind of thing. Let's, uh, Andrew, uh, give us give us your background. I started uh, playing hockey on the road. I had a lot of road hockey for sure when I was a kid. And um, I actually grew up in BC and my parents didn't want me to play uh, or didn't want me to, I shouldn't say didn't want me, but didn't want to put in the time to play much ice hockey. So I had a lot more experience with roller hockey or inline hockey. So I played on outdoor and indoor rinks, uh, but mostly of the inline variety for a while. I still skated uh, on ice and played little things here and there with friends, uh, free skates and all that stuff. But um, yeah, I was mostly an inline skater. And then I, I played up until I was around 15, 16. And then I kind of took a little bit of a hiatus uh, to go into music, hence the brass band, I guess. And now I play kind of a little more beer league, outdoor, living in Winnipeg. There's a lot more opportunities, which is awesome. So I've kind of rekindled my love of hockey um, by moving to Winnipeg. So, yeah. Yeah, the inline hockey is pretty big in BC. We had a guest on last year, I think it was, and he's Wade. Wade yeah, he's on Vancouver Island, and and he uh, he's a big inline kind of guy or whatever. So I can imagine in Vancouver, yeah, you get like maybe like two days a year of actual like ice that you could skate on outdoors. Yeah, you have to drive outside of Vancouver to find that ice, yeah. but... Uh, but yeah, it was, I know it was diff, definitely different. I could play outdoors, like what you would see outdoors in Winnipeg, just pure cement. We'd play on that. But we also play on like the, uh, the little square rubber tiles, which was kind of interesting. And the puck was the, the most, the most difference really was the, the puck because it's like the it friction. The and, uh, some of my wheels, some of them had like a little plastic nubs on the bottom. Oh, okay. But just the way you felt the puck and how heavy it was, it was a little lighter than a regular puck. So it was a little bit different so uh but yeah it's a cool upbringing i guess cool and todd what about you uh you're you're a, more of a local kind of guy eh so what's uh, your actually sort of i'm background? i'm from london ontario oh. um Fun yeah fact. i grew Trivia up fans. I, I was born and raised in london ontario so i um i started playing organized hockey when i was six um and i um I played all the way till i was about 16 and sort of going back and forth between like at the time, they called it like they had like single A, double A, and triple A, and I, <clears throat> I did like single A, and then I would play house league, which was a little less busy. Probably the highest level of hockey I got to was that I, I made the first cut at my high school hockey team, <laughs> which was pretty good because the year the year before they had won uh, my high school won silver medal in the Ontario Championships, so they were really good. Um, and London's a big hockey town. I grew up. Uh, going to watch the London Knights with my dad um, at their old rink, the London Gardens. So that was pretty fun. I got to see like Brendan Shanahan and uh, Dave Lowry was the captain when I was growing up and now his son plays for the Jets. Um, so that's kind of fun. Um, and um, then I took a bit of a break. Uh, when I went to university, I started playing intramural hockey. Uh, I went to school in McGill in Montreal. And uh, one year the our music team won our our level of it was like c league whatever so we got a, a stein that said intramural <laughs> championships 
and uh, my best friend's girlfriend broke it. So, <laughs> but he dumped her, so I got her back. Um, yeah, and then when I moved to Winnipeg, I uh, which was in uh, 20 years ago this fall, I moved to Winnipeg because uh, my wife plays in the Winnipeg Symphony, so that's what brought us here. I was working in Starbucks, and I just happened to mention to this guy that. I was looking for a place to play, and he played at Highlander. This guy, Ty, he was a goalie. He played in, I think he played for the St. James Canucks or something. I don't know, like MJHL or something. So I got in there with that team, and um, we were in a bit of a higher div back then, and it was pretty scrappy. And so I wasn't, wasn't the right fit. So I left for a bit and then played on this Wednesday night team that Andrew just started playing with, uh, the Glenwood Old Timers. And now, uh, now we, Andrew and I both play with the Slackhawks at, uh, at Canland. Actually, something that we always forget to ask our guests is like, what's your hockey number and what's your position? Uh, so right now my number 17, I attribute that to Wendell Clark. I was going to say Being that. an Ontario boy yeah, of yeah. Uh, watching hockey in the 80s, <laughs> Wendell. And uh, I kind of bounce around. Last game I was playing forward, but I sort of go back and forth between all, like, kind of all the positions. Like our team, you know, beer league, yeah. you have six guys one night and <laughs> yeah. 15 the next. <laughs> like, it's like, where do you need me, coach? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, on the Slackhawks, I'm number nine. I played most of my life as number eight or number 55. And I play wing forward mostly. I don't really play D. Never really done it. Don't really How's want your back to check? do it. Yeah. <laughs> I rather forecheck than back. Yeah. Strong forecheck as far as yeah, exactly. And yeah. what? Why? Why number nine? Then, like you say, usually I, you're eight or fifty-five. I, I was, although eight is already taken on the team. Nine was the uh, closest kind of single yeah. digit that was not a, like a Gordy Howe taken. thing or whatever. No Gordy Howe connection, but the the connection, I guess, would be Paul Korea, which is like my favorite, one of my favorite players okay. growing up, also from Burnaby, which yeah. is great. So nice. cool. little yeah. Paul Korea. Very nice. Yeah. Um, Good stuff. So, yeah, with the, well, let's just get a little um, summary of how the Slackhawks season's going this winter so far. Ooh, well, it's not not so great. Uh, we're gelling. We're, we're, we're working on yeah, it. Yeah, we're working on it. We have some we have some good stretches, some good stretches of hockey, but uh, we haven't won too many games. I think we're two and four, potentially, yeah. I think. Yeah. But uh, I've missed a few games, so I'm not. I can't really say for sure on how things are really going. But when I'm there, it's things. Things that we have some good stretches, but then, <laughs> then we just uh, you know stop back checking and have a little too many odd man rushes, and and it's in the back of our net. And but yeah, we're. I think we're playing. We're getting better. The summer league we played in the summer league with a little higher div and. I think that made us play a lot better, and I think we're we're on the ups here. We're trending up. <laughs> nice. I've been on this team for probably five years now, so I've seen lots of people come and go, and for for sure this this group of players, like there's some some guys that have reached a high level of hockey, like one of our guys, Jono, played in the BCHL, and you know stuff like that. So, um, but if not everybody like shows up, like literally shows up and we have them on the bench, then like there's a couple key guys like Lucas. Lucas we have this one guy, Lucas, who's, he's small and he just skates like the wind. <laughs> and he's puck. one of those guys, he'll just steal the puck and skate down the ice and score. So, you know, beer league is very much like if you have that one guy on your team that night, yeah, yeah, then you yeah. have a chance. Yeah. Yeah, the, but if you game, don't, game it's going to be a long night. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like Saturday's game right now, we only have six people signed in. So I'm a little nervous about that because I've, 
I've done that before, yeah. and those those are always like those memorable games. Like, because if you're close, you're like, oh man, we could have yeah. done it. Yeah. One time, our spring league team, we had one spare on the bench, and we won the game three two. Great feeling against yeah. a team <laughs> with like full lines or whatever, yeah. and it was yeah. yeah. We, we, it was like we won the cup that night. <laughs> yeah, you dug deep yeah. and you prevailed. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about the band and and the band's relationship to hockey. Uh, so, I mean, for the uh, for the average Winnipegger, they probably have seen you guys maybe at um, a Jets game playing on the concourse. Won't you tell us a little bit about that? Uh, you know, even if it's just like watching on TV, I've seen, you know, on the TSN3 broadcast or whatever. Yeah. So, you know, the average person just sort of sees you on TV and whatever. But what's going on behind the scenes to get you to that, uh, that they're going to, you know, throw you on the camera and everything? Even before the Moose game, okay. there, there was a progression. We, um, so we played uh, the opening season opener in Waywaycee Capo for the, is that MMJ or MJ? MMJHL. That's MMJHL. Um, and funnily enough, that's, I think maybe the only time we ever had an unsatisfied customer. <laughs> we rolled into town, you know, and, uh, this guy had seen us at the bomber game, uh, cause we had, we've been playing at the bomber games for many years. And he was like, you know, I want you to bring that, um, that energy, blah, blah, blah. And we were like, sure. No problem. So, you know, we're a big band. We have a rotating cast of members to fill in positions. And uh, he didn't recognize everybody in the band. So right, I think right off the hop, he was a little bit, he made some comment about us having our second string trumpet player, which is not true. It wasn't Andrew. Um, and then he asked us to do O Canada, but he didn't ask before if somebody was going to sing it. So I'm the singer. So I was like, okay, I can do that. And I, I did it and I, I bobbled the words like just, just a little bit. And I've, in my mind, I was like, oh my God, I can't believe I did that. But then I watched a video of it and you all, you can't even yeah, notice. But he made some comment about like, come on, oh Canada, like you screw that up, like really? So anyways, <laughs> Story continues. we play the gig in Wei Wei. It's fine, whatever. Um, and then we get a call from Manitoba Moose. So, you know, we're juniors, yeah, you're working getting yeah. A, you know, we're feeling good. The and scouts then were out that the, night. They were out. Like, the scouts were in the stands and way, way, and they're like, these guys, you know, they, they work hard, I can tell. They grind. Um, so we, we did a, like, one game. One single game. Yeah, so, like, <laughs> meteoric rise. One game of junior, one game of the minors, and then straight to the pros. It's amazing. Yeah. So, and then, like, we've, I think the first one that we did was, was that playoffs? I think we're with playoffs. Yeah. And then, so, yeah, like, we do opening night or fan appreciation or kind of special occasion nights there. So, so for the people that don't know, like, why do you get hired for... Uh, or booked for for sporting events like what what is it about your band we're fun <laughs> like, yeah we're also very mobile we yeah we don't require extremely power. Mo don't require power at all so yeah. we can set up anywhere yeah, and play easy. literally anywhere yeah. we played on a frozen river we can play literally in february like it's we can play literally anywhere so we can move around while we play yeah. the moose game was so successful i think mostly because we literally paraded around the entire concourse i think we counted like nine or ten laps <laughs> like it was insane and people every time we came around there was more and more people at the little concessions taking videos of us like it was obviously um the people in the higher ups i guess would 
easily knew that we were what was going on here. So, yeah, um, just party time. Yeah. And so you guys do a rendition of the hockey song. Is there any other sort of like rink jams, you know, like that the organ would play, you know, like those kinds of typical hockey arena songs that you kind of um, do little snippets of or yeah, anything like we, that? Like when we first started doing these, we, we did like um, Crazy in Love and Pony and uh, I think we had Jump and a few other things. Uh, and we didn't really continue doing those because they were just sort of little snippets, but I don't like, you know, we do Saints Go Marching In and everybody knows that stuff. You know, everybody loves the tunes that they know. Uh, Sweet Dreams, mm-hmm. we do, do a we version of that. Hockey in Canada. Yeah, Hockey Night in Canada, we've done that. Yeah. Yeah. Which I guess is now owned by TSN, not Hockey Night in Canada. That's right. right. Yeah. But, but the, but the song known as, yeah. Yeah. known as. Yeah. Known as, <laughs> yeah. Nice. And um, so um, maybe let's use that then as a bit of a segue to say like uh, like hockey fandom. Are you guys uh, both big Jets fans then? Or uh, you, you pay attention watch NHL? Or how's your... Yeah, how's your level I, I gotta say like um, uh, now, like I was thinking about this on the way, I don't really... I, don't, I haven't familiarized myself with the new Jets roster. I've been watching the highlights but uh, I gotta... Andrew definitely knows... He's He knows... The kids coming out of the minors and maybe, maybe a little bit more. I mean, I, I, uh, I've been fortunate to have uh, half season tickets with uh, two other guys in the band, uh, Kyle and Aaron. Uh, so I, we go to games quite often. And so seeing the games live kind of gives you a, a more of an appreciation, I guess, for the Jets. Um, so I kind of keep track a little, you know, fair, more than most people, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we I definitely uh, follow the Jets quite a bit. I'm, but being from Vancouver, I also kind of follow the Canucks a little bit. But the Jets are definitely my team right now, for sure. Yeah, and I would say for fandom, like for me, sort of the heyday was like the '90s. You know, when I was younger, growing up in the '80s, I was a huge Gretzky fan. Yeah. So I would watch the Leafs until the playoffs came, and then I would watch the Oilers. <laughs> and I, I, I was in the Pro Stars fan club. Oh yeah, I got Pro like Stars. these eight, eight and a half by eleven glossies of Wayne wearing these <laughs> ugly sweaters and with the feathered hair and stuff. Yeah, so it's beautiful stuff. Yeah. Um, if you had to pick one kind of guy from that era, you know, other than Wayne, who was <clears throat> maybe like like your favorite card or sticker if you had the sticker books that kind of thing like is there somebody that really like just sort of grabbed well, you Well I I mean I used to love like the randomly. All-Star stickers and the yeah. OPG cuz yeah. it was like the gold foil oh, yeah, back yeah. in the, when it was the Whales and the Campbells yeah. and I I have a sticker book I think at my parents it's like the 8283 OPG book mm-hmm. and it's got like the Nordiques and the Jets like yeah. um, I think Jim Kite and like Dave Christian. Um, <laughs> yeah. I had I have uh, cousins that, like my my parents are from Manitoba, so I had cousins here growing up, and they gave me like an old mini hockey goalie stick that was signed by a bunch of Jets, nice. which was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. For whatever reason, I was always so into Dave Babich. He was my like yeah, the mustache, my, right? Like, yeah, <laughs> just my like most like a random players like i was a huge gretzky fan yeah. all that kind of stuff but like dave babich really did it for me so yeah for leafs it was wendell clark because <laughs> yeah, yeah. he's so badass so tell us you know the paul korea like legendary player obviously career you know didn't go as planned or no, you know it didn't go as, as long as it should have but That's like right. 
What are some Paul Korea moments that stand out for you? Oh, Paul Korea moments. Wow. Uh, that's, well, obviously the uh, the overtime yeah. slap shot winner. After which concussion. Yeah, which I, I only learned about recently that he apparently, I watched an interview with him recently, well, not recently, but in the last little while, and he uh, apparently has no that's recollection right. of that shot, which is yeah. insane to me. Yeah. Well, it's crazy. You can see him... You can see him laying on the ice, and he's not breathing. Right. And then all of a sudden, he starts breathing yeah. again, because you can see it on his visor. Yeah, like, the visor fogs right up all of a yeah, sudden. Yeah, and back then, we're all like, yeah, that's yeah. amazing. <laughs> yeah. And we're like, oh. That was, that <laughs> Probably was shouldn't have scored that goal. Scott Stevens, right? The oh, hitter, yeah. yeah. We were talking about this last episode, about Killer those sort of big bruiser 90s defensemen, like Stevens oh. and Darian Manson, Hatcher, Hatcher yeah. and all these guys, and... And just like that type Paul of defenseman, Samuelson, yeah, yeah, like those, oh, yeah, yeah, Samuelson, Casperitis, all these guys, that doesn't really exist in this era of the NHL. You still have big defensemen. There's still some hits, but mm-hmm. not the trolley tracks like there used to be. And so yeah, you, Bufflin might have been the last the guy yeah. to do that I kind think. of stuff. And I Chara, also. Chara, yeah, yeah that's yeah. true. Um, but uh, yeah, okay. So let's uh, let's segue now to a little bit of this uh, catfish cup that uh, we heard about a little bit. Yes. Um, so uh, we know that you two are into hockey. We've heard that a couple of your bandmates, you guys all share Jets tickets. Like, is everybody in the band essentially? Um, I mean, like is that you said, yeah. Like, is it a prerequisite <laughs> to, to be, be a, a to no, be a hockey? hockey. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> no, no. Um, uh, no. So Steve Overhoy, he's from Virginia. He does not skate. Yeah. Um, and he's got the sousaphone player. Yeah, he's got this hilarious story of when he was in junior high or something, and. He's he asks this girl out on a date and they're gonna go for a skate and he doesn't know how to skate. So they get on the ice and he's like kinda on the boards and then he lets go of the boards and ends up like, you know, sort of <laughs> ripping this poor girl's shirt like off as he's just like flailing around. Like and that's total Steve, like he's he's funny. Yeah. Um who else doesn't skate? Kyle does not Kyle's skate. Not a, he, he skates. He's not a strong skater. He's not a strong skater. But he skates. Yeah. He, he He's putting in the effort. Yeah, but Cody, Matt, Aaron, Andrew, myself. Joel skates, too. Joel skates a little bit, yeah. 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 So, Him and Kyle are similar. Yeah. Yeah. Six out of uh, six out of the eight of us, and Scotty too. Nine of us. Scotty skates pretty yeah, good. Scott yeah, Scott and his son were were both there. So too. we yeah we started this Catfish Cup last year, just kind of essentially on a whim, just to have some fun. Essentially, I uh, long story short, I found a a contact who owned or built one of the rinks on Assiniboine River, and it was all like treed around and everything, and it was just so perfect. Other than the fact that it blizzarded that day it was a it was a blizzard it, it was so cold and we had to uh scrape off the ice like every single game it was uh quite quite the eventful day but it was a lot of fun and we're going to try to continue it next year um involving as many musicians as possible uh it's kind of the mandate i guess but i mean other people are obviously invited but uh yeah we're going to try to continue continue the cup so we did three on three last year. I think we'll probably do either do three on three, four and four, three on three, four and four. Yeah, we were gonna do three on three, but then the weather was so horrid that we didn't want half 
the people waiting in the freezing cold, yeah. you know, half the day. So we just played four on four, and then there was one team sitting. So have you guys ever had a like a band versus band hockey game? We've always wanted to try to do that. We've our, our ideal goal, or the thing that we've that kind of spurred this whole thing was we've always wanted to rent out a community center and have a tournament of a hockey tournament that involved bands only, and or bands constructed with bands, I guess. And you would either be playing a game or playing a set. So every band get has to play one set, and you get a maximum of two or a minimum of two games, and you just kind of have your you just circle around, and you're either waiting, you're playing a set, or you're playing a game and uh, that was kind of our our initial goal and that may happen in the future who knows because yeah maybe uh catfish versus propaganda or something or, <laughs> right or, exactly uh, i think royal canoe has some hockey they players do, yeah. too that's right yeah. jp ho also yeah. plays yeah there's there's a bunch of players um jason pankratz who's um bass player with begonia right now and tyler del pino came and played tyler with us. del pino yeah there's there's a lot of players out there um well, maybe maybe like put a call like, like you know put, put a challenge out here like uh who that's, do, yeah that's who not a bad idea right here on the air right now <laughs> that's a good point we should i mean the catfish have enough players on to make a team so i mean the challenge is out any winnipeg bands want to want to participate <laughs> we're willing to uh we're willing Second to host annual dirty catfish cup yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, uh, Brendan or Brandon from Royal Canoe. Brendan. Brendan. I broke his foot by accident recently. No way. <laughs> I, I took a shot and he was playing defense and it, I think it must've hit the ins, insole of his, you know, the instep of his foot oh, or whatever. No. You know, not with any intention or anything, but, uh, and I didn't know at the time or whatever. And then, uh. I heard later that uh, it was <laughs> oh, brutal. Yeah. It happens. Yeah. Um, yeah, sweet. So Catfish Cup uh, version two coming this winter. Um, yeah, if, if we can if we can lock in that same that same rink on the on the river and we yeah. have a better day, it would be magical. Yeah. It's completely magical. Like he had a an outdoor barbecue we were able to use and a fire. Yeah. Like it could be really 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 fun. It was also. Uh, like two or three days before they had let <clears throat> some water into the river system from portage. Yeah. From portage. Yeah. So like, you know, like all the winter wonderland trails and whatever that people were doing kind of got ruined and his rink was fine, but some of the water, it, it messed up the ice. Mm. So everybody, we all got like booters that day well, on the outside of the, on ice, the outside he, of the ice. Cause it was just rink. like slush. Yeah. So you just like, I, I ended up with in, yeah. frostbite on both my big toes <laughs> because on the way there, I wasn't sure where I was going. So I, like I live on Valor. So I just, I hiked it down to Omen, uh, Omen Creek and got on the river and I was like, Oh, I think this is the spot. But then I, I had to circle back and I was like, Oh, I got to get off the river. And as I was going off, my feet just started like sinking i was like oh there's a soaker there's another one. Oh man and then i had to go up somebody's backyard in like these three foot drifts and it was an arduous journey just getting to the rink and that was like before we played <laughs> and it, we all kind of got there and we were like are we gonna do this like this is crazy we're like yeah so i'm glad we did yeah uh you know before we run out of time uh, there's a couple catfish songs that we're playing on today's show can you just tell us a bit about the tracks um, and, you know, uh, yeah, just tell us a bit about, about the tracks and like what album that they're from and, and that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, so the first one is the hockey song by Stomp and Tom. 
Um, and we uh, we just sort of do it in kind of a second line-y sort of fashion. Second line is like New Orleans brass band party parade music. Uh, and then the second one is Creek Speak, who our, um, our sousaphone player Steve wrote, and I play harmonica on that one. And those, those are both on our first album called Brass Riot from 2014. Nice. And then um, as far as uh, we'll get a request from you in, in a second here uh, to sort of close things out, but... Um... What uh, what's the band got going on these days? You got any shows upcoming? Um, uh, tell us a little bit. Uh, tell the listeners a little bit about you know uh, your your releases that they can and where the, where they can find you online and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, so um, we've got uh, our regular Nolan nights, which happen on the first Friday of every month at Times Change High and Lotsam, and we'll be uh, there on November fourth, uh, and also the first Friday in December. Um, when it comes to releases, we have our Brass Riot release, which was in 2014, like Todd mentioned. We also have uh, Big Shiny Brass, which is an EP of uh, covers that are kind of done in a brass band style. I think it was released in 2016, yeah. I want to say. Yeah. And we have another album kind of in the can, and we're just kind of uh, finishing up the mixing and mastering of that. And uh, that should be released soon, winter, maybe spring. Um, but that should be released soon, uh, and that's going to be a full-length uh, album of all original material. Uh, and bef- before we get to your hockey request, potentially to add to our legendary talking hockey playlist, <laughs> have you guys seen the Winnipeg Jets uh, retro reverse jersey? I I have so I saw it recently. Yeah. yeah. So um, what, what you, what's your because th- that's that's new news. So what do you think? What do you think about that? That is a it's a yeah. Um, I, I like it overall. I think it's a gr- I think it's really good. Um, I think I like their last retro review retro <laughs> retro, <laughs> retro rhythm, rhythm review jersey. It's a band of our friends. Yeah. The review of the retro yeah. reverse. Yeah. yeah. Um, Juror. It's great. I, I like the last last year's one just maybe a little bit better, but um, I do like the fact that they brought back that old logo, which they haven't done yet, which I think is good for them. It's good like marketing the, move. The Solani era kind of totally. logo, right? Yeah, they needed to bring back that eventually. Yeah. So. Make sure to check them out the next time they're playing anywhere near you or uh, head online, uh, follow them on Instagram. Uh, I assume you're on Twitter and all yeah, that kind of stuff. we're on all the things. And we got uh, www.dirtycatfishbrassband.com. So you can check us out and find all our stuff from our website there too. Beautiful. All right, boys. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Thank you. Thank you. blows and the puck goes down the ice the goalie jumps and the players bump and the fans all go insane someone roars the good old hockey game oh good old hockey game is the best game you can name and the best game you can name is the good old hockey game good old hockey game is the best game you can name and the best game you can name a flash the home team trails behind but they grab the puck and go bursting up and they're down across the line they storm the 
song by Dirty Catfish Brass Band. Uh, great talking to the boys there, and you heard them. The challenge is out for any Winnipeg bands who are into hockey. You know, you can come through us, contact them directly, whatever it is, but we're going to get this thing going and have the Winnipeg Band Hockey Challenge. So. Should, should we put a call out for, like, podcasts? Yeah, <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> we'll play doing yeah. podcasts in hockey. Yeah, anybody podcasting out there? Let's go. Yeah. Okay. So just back to the Jets game. Um, I watched most of it on TV. Um, but I want to know what was the vibe like in the building when JMO uh stepped up at the blue line there and hit Robertson, and then there was a little, you know, him and Morgan Riley went at it, and you know, everyone kind of picked a dance partner there. Like, was there especially with with the uh with the Leafs fans in attendance was like, you know, did, was, was the building close to a boiling point at all or anything like that? Like, I'm just curious. You know, I was, I, I, there was several times I was like, I wonder if anybody's going to say anything in the stands, you know, and, but no, everybody was just having a good time, but I'll tell you though, that, that play, I thought what a great defensive stand at the blue line there by Morrissey. And then to get called for interference on that, I didn't like that. And then for Riley to not get an instigator penalty there, like what is the instigator for? Like that was a clean check. And yeah. then yeah, it was, I think the Jets fans were pretty upset at that. And then the jet, the, the ref you suck chant started and the Leafs buried right away on the power play. So that was, that was a, a sequence of events that I think Jets fans, you know, that was, that was the TSN turning point. Leafs fans got a little bit braggy there, uh, but, you know. 
And how about how about just the overall game experience? Like, you know, with with like getting to the rink is like is the vibe different or you know? Yeah, well, downtown was buzzing for sure. Um, You know, it'd been personally it'd been a while since I'd kind of been downtown, Um, and you know, I do all my living and everything in Fort Rouge. Just got hey, come to Fort Rouge, greatest greatest neighborhood in the city, but like uh yeah no downtown it was buzzing and it was fun to see there was i'll tell you though the lines to get in holy moly i don't know like if this i think this is like a byproduct of the pandemic like everything just takes longer lines just take longer it's so it's so annoying but we were there you know we're standing in line like 20 minutes to get through security or whatever and i guess that's just the price you pay these days to be safe in a public space with all the with everybody there or whatever but uh and it was also more fans in attendance than regular games like you know, yeah and is- it was a, a six o'clock game as opposed to a normal seven o'clock start time so maybe everybody just showed up at once i don't know but yeah. uh it was definitely like on the one entrance on portage and donald they're lined up all the way down portage all the way to um hargrave pretty much it seemed oh, yeah. like so uh yeah no it was um it was quite uh, quite the ordeal, but we got in in time, you know, for everything. Didn't miss a beat, you know. So it was so all we, good. We got about three minutes left here. Um, so on the day of this show, you know, everyone listening at home, the Jets are playing St. Louis. Uh, you know, uh, one of the stronger teams of the Central. Just Tommy, after five games, you know, after a big long off season for the Winnipeg Jets, um, you know, are you surprised to see what what we're seeing? Did you expect it? You know, you know, maybe if we think about this in five game blocks, like, you know, where do you, where do you, are you, are you optimistic? How are you feeling about the Jets? Yeah. I mean, if we look at it in five game blocks, the Jets are two wins, three losses. They've lost to Toronto. They lost to Vegas and they lost to Dallas. Um, not unexpected. I don't know. I mean, like, I think, They've shown a little bit of a glimpse of what they can play to this season. And I, you know, I hope that they're able to, it's too bad that they've hit some injury problems already this early in the season. Um, But that's part of the NHL. You're going to have injuries. So uh, St. Louis is going to be a big test for them. St. Louis is actually unbeaten so far, Uh, but they've only played three games, but still they haven't lost a game yet. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, Yeah, I think, um, you know, it's the Jets don't their their schedule is not easy to start the season. And that can be I think that could be a good thing. You know, they get to see some high quality opponents right off the hop and measure themselves. They've had a couple, quote unquote, measuring stick games already. You know, you think about the one against Toronto this weekend and then you think about the one against Colorado that they won in overtime. Huge Those win. are both kind of yeah. measuring stick games, I think, because you know that they're like two of the top teams in the league, more or less. And uh, yeah, I don't know. It's yeah. um, actually, I was at I was at Leopold's um, when Pionk scored that uh, clapper, yeah. two, two on one in overtime, and you wind up with a clapper. Like that number one, shot. that's awesome. Number two, like holy, like if that puck goes wide. <laughs> And he goes around the boards, you know, yeah, 
it's yeah. game over. But uh, yeah. you know, kudos to Pionk there for burying that one. That was yeah. That's he probably put it right of, where he wanted to, I think. I yeah, mean, that's probably I would say the top moment so far in the Jets season. I would say. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, there's more moments to come because we don't want <laughs> yeah. the top moment of the entire season <laughs> to be like three. two yeah. games in or three yeah, games yeah. in or whatever. So. All right, uh, so we're we're pretty yeah. much out of time here, Tommy. Uh, you know, maybe uh, throw to the last song here, and and uh, maybe uh, you know, like how you said uh, a couple of days ago, maybe we'll take another kick at the cat at uh, a Garage League post game interview. <laughs> oh, for sure, I had such a good one lined up for today's episode, but technological problems, and uh, we'll get that straightened out. And. Uh, my apologies to Dan Emberg, who uh, gave a fantastic post-game interview, and we'll get we'll get him, you know, uh, coming up again sometime soon. But let's go out, let's go out on a song by Titus Andronicus. It's off their new album. This one's called "We're Coming Back." I love this album and this song. We're coming back. You can apply that to hockey in a lot of ways. You know, the big comeback. You can apply it to our show. We'll be back next week. So keep your stick on the ice. Um, yeah, and enjoy the week of hockey to come, and we'll see you next Monday. Thanks for listening, as always, and uh, yeah, enjoy some Titus Andronicus on the way out. We're coming back.